Luke gives us sort of a funny image, at least to me, of Jesus' baptism. The other Gospels make a little bit bigger production of Jesus showing up on the scene, John pointing him out. But in Luke, all we really get about the baptism is it says, after everybody had been baptized, including Jesus, then Jesus prayed, and the dove shows up, and the voice breaks through from the heavens. Which just, in my mind, gives me this scene of, like, Jesus queuing up with everybody else that's down there at the river and standing online waiting um, to go down to the river and get baptized. Just like every plain Jane person that had found their way out to the Jordan that morning. And it's not until after the fact that, that a big deal gets made about it. And there's something comforting about the notion that the Savior of the world stood online with everybody else, just like I have to do day in and day out for things. Um, I think it's important that Jesus is there amongst the people. Luke tells us that they're all kind of speculating and guessing about whether or not John was the one that they were waiting for whether he was going to be the Messiah. I imagine Jesus heard as he waited in line, moving a little bit closer to the water, what folks hoped was going to happen, that someone was going to show up and, and change the way things were. And then he is baptized, and as he prays, he hears the voice from heaven that says, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Now, I think Jesus had a choice at that point in time. What he did with this proclamation of belovedness that he gets from God. He could have taken all of those hopes and fears and expectations that he heard while he was standing in the queue. And been a Messiah that raised an army and went against Rome. Or been a Messiah that joined in political rabble-rousing. There are a lot of them going on at that particular point in time. He could have been a Messiah that stayed out in the desert just like John the Baptist did and preaching repentance and calling people to be baptized. But instead, in that moment when he hears, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased, he decides to become following the Holy Spirit, a Messiah that would gather around him a group of friends, not necessarily the coolest folks around, but folks that believed in what he was teaching and believed in the signs and wonders that he was performing, and that they would go around and they would tell people you got to love each other and you got to take care of each other. He would heal the sick and he would lift up the lowly and he would ultimately, with that little group of friends, make his way to Jerusalem and for the love of the world would allow himself to be arrested and tried and crucified. And even in that moment, he still had a choice because he could be the Messiah that called down the angels and said, this is a bit too much, take me off this cross. And he chose not to do that. He chose to die just like one of us and then to be resurrected. That was Jesus' response to hearing God say, You are my beloved. You are my son. With you I am well pleased. 
for any of us that are baptized, in a certain sense, particularly in this church, somebody during the baptism says something similar. We don't use the exact same words of you are the Lord's beloved. But we do, after we baptize someone, mark them with a sign of the cross on their forehead. And we say you are marked as Christ's own forever. That through our baptism, we are grafted in and adopted into Jesus being the Son of God, which means when we hear in the Gospels God say, you are my son, we can hear, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. But that means that just like Jesus, we have a choice of what we're going to do with that belovedness. We can accept it and really accept that God loves us from the tip of our toes to the top of our heads exactly the way we are with all of our hopes and fears and expectations and doubts and blemishes and successes and failure. Or we can keep that closed off and just feel judgment or exclusion. We can also accept that belovedness and go out in the world and beat people over the head with a Bible and tell them that they're wrong and they're going to go to hell. There's lots of different ways to be a Christian in this world. We can accept that belovedness and do nothing with it and not speak up for anyone that's hurting or that needs love or needs a kind word. We cannot invite people to come to church. We can leave folks alone and just keep it all to ourselves. Or we can accept that belovedness and follow the way that Jesus went, which is to go out with a community, with our friends, to meet new people along the way that need words of healing and need words of love, that need to be lifted up and be reminded that they are beloved of God just like you are. In the Episcopal Church, we have a certain opinion on what it means to accept God's belovedness at baptism, and that comes in our baptismal covenant. In a few minutes, we're going to, instead of the Nicene Creed, we're going to go through the baptismal covenant, so you'll need a prayer book, and I'll tell you the page number to turn to, but I'll tell you ahead of time that in the Episcopal Church, one way we have decided that we should respond to belovedness is when we are asked the question about will we seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves. We do that not because we're really great people, but because we are loved and beloved by God. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Because you are beloved, so are they. And your response to that belovedness is to strive for justice lift people up and not tear them down. So, as we enter a season, continue in the season of Epiphany, as you get ready to go back out into the world to start your new week, I invite you to get a prayer book, turn to page 292, to stand as you are able, and to consider what you're going to do with that belovedness that God has given to you. As we renew our baptismal vows, page 292.